Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is David Michael. And I'm Michael Carter. And we are Ridiculously Bored. So I made the cardinal sin of just before going on the air, stuffing my mouth full of nuts, and that's not slang. It was actually <laughs> macadamia nuts that we had around the house. So I got them all over my mouth. Ugh, so you have nuts all over your mouth. That's what you're yes. trying to tell me. <laughs> and on and around. What? <laughs> How is your week going, David? Pretty good. It feels like we. It feels like we haven't talked for a while, but I know we have. I mean, we had an episode last week. Yeah. Well, I mean. We we normally exchange messages a lot more than actually talk on the phone. Yeah, I don't think um, we've had any text exchanges this week. Uh, we've had a couple. Come on, look through your stream. Not that I remember. I send dick pics every Monday. I to guess you. they weren't important to me. <laughs> uh, maybe they were just small. Right. So before we get started, I, I have to say a couple things. Sure. Number one, happy fiftieth birthday. Thank you. Thank you. You've been a little bitch and you've been hiding the fact that you're 50. You haven't brought it up. You removed the, the, the birthday reminders from Facebook. You like, (laughs) what is going on? Are you just like ashamed to be old? No. So, well, yes, but the reason why I removed the birthday reminders from Facebook is that way I could see who really knows who's my birthday and who's the guy I went to third grade with. Who's just like, Hey, Facebook reminded me happy birthday. All right. Well, that's pretty sad because on the night of your birthday, when I went to go, I had already texted you and I'm like, oh, I forgot to write on his wall. I went to go write on your wall. I was the third person mm-hmm. to write happy birthday on your wall for the day. And it was probably almost bedtime Eastern, your time. So my, my boss wrote something on my wall and I think he wrote it on my wall specifically because when I took this down a couple years ago, he missed my birthday. And at work, he's like really keen on, like if Monday he sends around an email and he's like, oh, and by the way, this week's birthday is Bob's and Jim's and Michael's and things like that. So last year he was upset with himself for missing it. Um, and then this week, he so we were at a, a work event and there was 70 of us in a room. And one of the guys had, a, they brought out the dessert fair, but it was a... Uh, Family-style dinner. They brought out the desserts for everybody. And one guy had this, like, you know, flamethrower on his, like this massive sparkly candle and stuff. So I'm like, uh, what about me here, buddy? <laughs> like, my birthday's in two days. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, but his is a significant birthday. He turned 60. Oh. And I'm like, uh, I turned 50, dude, on Thursday. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God. He's like, that's... So I think that's why he did it. So now he will get a memory reminder each yeah, year on my sure. birthday. So. Sadly, you only have three friends that that know your birthday. Yeah. Well, I got a lot of... See, here's the thing. I got a lot of texts and Mm -hmm. some calls um, and and WhatsApps. People sent those type things. So that's what I mean. Like, I got all of those outside of Facebook. So So, question for you then. Who mm -hmm. was the first person to text you? You, because it was... Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I went to bed the night of leading into my birthday, the 15th leading into the 16th. And I know... So I told my wife about, I said, look, I got to shut off my fringer. I got to shut off the volume. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, why? I'm like, because I know my friends. <laughs> I'm like, they're all going to fucking try to blow me up at midnight or right around. I said, somebody will call it like 6 a.m. And, and, you know, this work from home shit. There's no getting up at 6 a.m. anymore unless I really, really need to. So, uh, yeah, I turned all that stuff off. But you were the first. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm assuming right. Facebook the- reminded you. Yes. Uh, no, 
the other thing is uh happy father's day thank you yeah and same to you sir yeah that we know of you have uh at least two kids so uh congratulations happy father's day your child your children are still living one I was definitely there for. The other one I shot a load in a cup and they did IVF. So could be mine, maybe not. <laughs> Have you seen that documentary, Our Father? We talked about it a couple episodes. Motherfucker, I saw it with you. Oh, that's right. That's right. You were here. I forgot about that. <laughs> so yes, I did. I'm glad I left such a fucking lasting impression of watching this episode. With Dude, you. I-, I remember five things in this world. Your birthday happens to be one of them. And uh, the other four, yeah, I don't even remember what the other four are. That's how bad my memory Goldfish. is. <laughs> so a couple, a couple things I just, they're not really technical corrections as I like to call them, but a couple things that I thought were interesting that I wanted to add to previous podcasts. So we talked about how Apple's implementing that new kind of battered spouse uh, app or yep. program within their phones. Right. So because of that, there's been a lot of talk online. It appears that there's this kind of, I don't want to call it underground because I think that's the wrong choice of words, but there's been like this underground movement over the last couple of years that people call 911 and they pretend to order a pizza. Right. That's what I was thinking of last week when we were talking about that topic. I'm like, I thought people called a pizzeria to do something, but yeah, they call 911 and they order a pizza. Yeah. And so the the one I was reading about, the first the person like didn't get it and he's like, "Yeah, you 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 called the police station. You didn't call a pizzeria." And she's like, "I know. I know and that and that's why I want pepperoni on it." And so mm-hmm. finally it, it clicked and the person was like, "Oh shit." Yeah. Um, all right, I got you. And so they helped her out. So that that seems to be a thing. And the other thing we had talked about recently was about lucky breaks, right place, right time, like all of those type of things. So I wanted to tell the story about Chevy Chase. So Chevy Chase famously just got sat at a dinner with Lorne Michaels uh, relatively shortly before Saturday Night Live went on the air. And Lauren Lauren Michaels was like, this guy's fucking hilarious. So he brought him in for the show. And that's how he got his big break. So literally was lucky enough to just be at a table with him. Yeah, I I think that that was based off of our conversation last week about every person in Hollywood had some lucky break or interaction where that kind of propelled them into stardom. And those, those, because, because of social media and because of just the internet in general, those chances are, are so hard to come by. It's one of the reasons why just like the music industry right now is completely broken is because there's millions of really good artists out there and just nobody can get a break. So you seem to have gone a little crazy this week with suggestions and ideas. I just, you know what? It was one of those weeks where I actually remembered to put notes in the meeting notes um, for, for the podcast because usually I don't. And then an hour before we record, I'm like mass googling as fast as i can like what can i talk about um it just so happened that so many crazy things happened this week or stuff that i just absolutely came across the first one i have to talk about which is absolutely incredible is um my daughter's car was having issues last week right and whenever you turned it on it would just have this loud like kind of whining noise it sounded like uh metal kind of just you know getting banged back and forth or whatever sounds like money going out of your wallet is what oh the for sure sound i'm like this is gonna be fucking expensive right so immediately i'm like oh that's kind of sounds like the starter or the alternator or something like that i'm not a mechanic but i've had enough shit cars to where i'm like all right that sounds familiar 
So my daughter's like, I really don't feel safe driving it. I'm like, no big deal. Leave it here. All right. And I'll take it in on Monday morning. I'll take it to the dealership. We'll have them check it out. And then, you know, if there's something wrong with it, we'll get it fixed. Right. So Monday morning rolls around seven o'clock. I get up because I have like an eight 30 meeting a nine 30 meeting a 10 30 meeting. I'm like, I got to get this done as early as possible. I, I did the online service thing where I booked an appointment for as soon as they opened Smart. seven o'clock rolls around. I get in the car, I start driving. It's about 15 miles away from my house. All right. So I have to get on the freeway and it's, it's an exit off the freeway. Once you get off the freeway, it's like five blocks. Right. And keep in mind it's a hundred plus. All right. At seven o'clock in the morning, it's, it's that bad in, in the summer in Phoenix. So I'm driving the car, get to the exit ramp of the freeway. So now I'm about five blocks, which, which ends up being about a mile to two miles. I'm five blocks from the dealership and the car, the gas won't work. Light turns green. I go to step on the gas. It, the engine revs. It's not a neutral. It's just like, it just won't work. Gotcha. So I'm like, shit, something happened. So, uh, let me turn off the car and turn it back on again and see, you know, if I can get it going again, I turn the car off dead, completely <laughs> dead. Like nothing click, click, click nothing. Right. I can't. And it's one of those push button starts. Right. So it's not like you can fucking, you know, turn a key or anything like that. You press the button and nothing happens. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Right. But I'm five blocks from the dealership. I'm like, maybe I can like push it. I'm like, no, there's no way I can push it. It's a couple miles. So I get out of the car. Of course, there's people behind me beeping, rah, 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 you know, yeah, people no, wanting nobody, to get around. Nobody has, a, nobody has patience for this. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck. Right. Cause they got to get to work. So I call the dealer, I get out of the car and I put the, the hazards on. So people can at least see that it's broken, broken down. I get out of the car and I call the dealership and, and I'm like, Hey, can you guys just swing around and pick me up? I'm like less than a couple miles away. And they're like, well, we don't have a tow truck. We have a service that we use. I'll call them and they'll call you. Right. All right fuck. Five minutes later, they call me. I didn't even think that I have insurance that covers towing. I should have just called my insurance company. Didn't even think about that, right? I just assume the dealership's freaking so close, they can just swing by and just pull me in, right? So anyways, their tow truck company calls me. Um, they schedule uh, you know, somebody to come out. It's, it's almost like Uber because they're like, we're looking for someone who's available to come pick up your car, right? right. So they keep texting me like, yeah, we haven't found a driver yet. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I, I'm like, I got to get this car out of the way because people are losing their minds behind me. So um, I you know, do what I can to throw it in neutral. And, and then I open the door and I start pushing it and steering it. And because it's a freeway exit, I don't know if anyone has this problem anywhere else, but in Phoenix, every single corner of every freeway exit has some sort of a, a panhandler or a homeless person that's you know, uh, asking for, for money or food or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's so, everywhere, right? Yeah, it's pretty much everywhere. So um, I don't think about it. I get out of the car and I start pushing the car and all of a sudden the car like goes and I look over and, you know, one of the homeless uh, gentlemen to the right of me just starts pushing the car. Didn't even ask, just jumped in and started pushing it, helped me get it off to the side of the road. So at least now I'm out of the way of traffic. So I'm waiting for the tow truck and it's like 130 in the car now because there's no AC, the, the battery's dead. So I'm outside in the shade and this guy just comes up to me and starts talking to me and it took an hour and a half for the tow truck company to locate a driver to come and pick me up. So for an hour and a half, I'm in a hundred plus degree weather 
chatting with this guy who's panhandling off the side of the road. So hold on. When you say chatting, like, are you legitimately chatting with him the whole hour and a half? 100%. He comes yeah. up to me and he says, I knew right away when you stopped based upon the sound of the car that there was a problem with your alternator. I'm like, oh, okay. Like that's, that's kind of what I thought. And then that just started the conversation, right? So we're just chatting back and forth. And I like learned everything about this guy. Um, super cool dude. I won't say his name, but super cool guy. Uh, so you I, think the homeless guy is listening to the podcast and his family? Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay. You know why? Because I'm like, well, what do you do all day? He has a phone. I'm like, you know, what do you do all day? And he's like, ah, oh, you know, he's like, at night when I have access to Wi-Fi, I'll download a bunch of podcasts. I'm like, oh, by the way, I have a podcast. <laughs> he's like, thank you. Well, for what listening. is it? Yeah, thank you for listening. So I'm like, what is it? He says, what is it? So I, I, I send him a link to it. And uh, he, he now has a listener. Uh, so anyways, so we're chatting and I'm, you know, and I'm, you know me, I'm fascinated with like all different walks of life, right? So yep. I'm I'm asking him like, you know, why are you doing this? Like what happened? Like, you know, was it a bad break? And um, it turns out he just, you know, he had a really uh, unfortunate relationship. Uh, it ended and he was like, you know what? I'm just going to walk away and I don't really need much. And he's kind of like an outdoorsman to begin with. So he's like, I can, I'm pretty sure I can, I can live wherever I want on the streets and be just fine. So I start asking him, I'm like, what does it take? And he's like, you know what? 20, 30 bucks a day. Uh, and I'm golden. Like it covers everything. He's like, people are super nice. And you know, my wife and I have this thing. We're like, oh, these, these panhandlers, I think they call it flying a sign. These people that fly signs, they got to make like 50, 60 K a year. Right. Because there's every time we go, we see people like giving them money and stuff like that. So I'm talking to this guy and he's like, yeah, 20, 30 bucks a day. I'm like, okay, well, you know, those are, you know, good day or bad day. He's like on a good day, I'll get like a hundred bucks, you know, bad day. I'll get five bucks, but it all kind of averages out. And he said, there are some days he's like, I'm not into the drug thing, but a lot of the, the, you know, people that are begging ask for, or for money, they go immediately spend it on drugs. Right. And I'm like, all right, what kind of drugs? And he's like, mostly fentanyl, like pills. And I'm like, well, what do those cost? He's like five bucks a pill, man. But you know, one pill, he's like, some people will do five, 10, 20, a hundred pills a day. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So did you hand in your resignation? That's your new job? <laughs> no, I did not. But I felt bad. I never carry cash. I haven't carried oh, cash my God. in years. So you didn't give him any fucking money? Hold on. I didn't give, I, I told him, I said, look, dude, I have no money. And he's talking to me the whole time. So he's not flying his sign. He's not getting any money from people driving by. People are already pissed because they have to drive around my car. At least they were before we moved it. So I'm like, dude, I feel horrible. Like you're not making any money. He's like, dude, don't even worry about it. He's like, this conversation is more conversations than I've had in like, you know, weeks. I'm like, he's like, I'm having a good time just chatting. So I'm like, all right, dude, I have to get your number. Like, so we exchange numbers. And he texted me afterwards. He's like, hey, thanks for the great conversation, man. No big deal. I'm like, dude, I'm taking you to lunch. Like, when do you want to go to lunch? So we ended up, uh, or not lunch, breakfast. We ended up scheduling breakfast for like 8 a.m. the next morning. So the next morning I went over met him at, you know, a restaurant in, in the area, bought him breakfast. And then we chatted for like another hour, just about that shit. And I, I went through all my old camping gear and found a bunch of stuff that I thought that he could use. Like he, his battery was dead when we were chatting. So, um, I got him a battery charger, like, you know, one of those batteries that you can juice nice. up and then charge. Apparently he has a place where he stays that's close to Wi-Fi, and, and, uh, he can, 
go to like a Starbucks or a Subway during the day and like charge up his phone and stuff like that. So uh, I want a couple things I want to be clear about. I don't care that the guy's homeless or not. That doesn't drive my next comment. I have no desire to talk to a stranger for an hour and a half, <laughs> let alone <laughs> you know schedule breakfast with him the next day. I, I will tell you this. Um, super nice guy. He helped me out. So I felt like breakfast was the least that I can do. Um, like 30 bucks was the least you could do, you cheap fuck. I didn't have any cash. Did Scoop you bring sir? any cash the next day? Do you take when you went to breakfast? <laughs> What's that? Did you bring him any cash the next day when you went to breakfast? No, and here's why. Um... He's not a stranger anymore. Like I said, we've, we've kind of exchanged all sorts of stories about our lives. So I we're on a first name basis, you know, like we'll text every once in a while, like, Hey, you know, I plan on checking up on this guy whenever I can. Nice. Anytime I'm in the area, I'm definitely going to drive by his corner. And if I have anything, I'm going to hook him up with it. But, um, two, he's still a stranger, right? So I'm not at that point where, you know, I trust people enough to, you know, give them cash. I'm just, I'm not a big cash giver. And he kind of said it, he said, you know, a lot, like 90% of the people that are panhandling go immediately and spend it on drugs. You know, they'll have a sign that says I'm starving or I'm thirsty and whatever, but they'll take the money and they'll spend it on drugs. I'm not a big fan of handouts in general. But if I have something that I can do for you or I can help you, like I have no problem. Hey, you want clothes? I have no problem taking you to the store and buying clothes for you. Because I know at least the money's going towards the things that you need, right? So um, I would much rather do that any day of the week than actually give, you know, cash out. But you know what? If someone someone needed it bad bad enough, you know, I, I would probably do it. But I just don't carry cash ever, except when we go to Vegas. Like that's the only time ever. So is he your new co-host? Am I out? <laughs> You're out, man. Sorry, you are out. Camping Bob. I don't know his name, but I'm going to call him Camping Bob. <laughs> no, he's seriously awesome, dude. If you're listening, hey, I'll check in on you on you pretty soon. But uh, had such great conversations. We think a lot alike, so we had a lot a lot in common. So it was it was pretty cool, and he had a good yeah. story. So so one thing I want all the fe- I know we've pissed off a lot of the countries that listen to us, but all the female listeners out there. This motherfucker is willing to sit out in 120 degree temperature to get away from his woman. Think about that. <laughs> how much you, <laughs> how crazy you drive the men that he's willing to do this. He'd rather toast his fucking body outside than go back to that. My words, bitch. <laughs> you know what? One of the funny conversations that he and I had was I was asking him, we somehow got on the topic of prostitution and obviously the female um, panhandlers, sometimes they will resort to that to get money, right? Do you happen to and know what corners they're on? Can you text that to me? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. But I'm sure we, we have a hookup now. We can ask. <laughs> Anyways, a, a, and he said, look, he said, I have a no, I have no problems with prostitution. Like I'm not, you know, I don't, you know, people do whatever they want to do. It's the world's oldest profession. Funny thing he said to me and I thought was awesome. He says, prostitution is illegal, but the minute you film it, it's not. <laughs> so that's why he has a camera got it <laughs> and and I, thought that was, camera I thought that was brilliant i'm like you know what i actually have not ever thought of it that way but that is absolutely true and the other thing that was funny that we talked about was guys don't pay women for sex they pay them to go away when it's done <laughs> They pay them to not yell at them. <laughs> that's the difference between having sex with a significant other and a prostitute. You pay them to go away at the end. I'm like, oh man, this dude is just priceless. 
That's great. Yeah, okay, <laughs> it's it's those are the kind of things that hopefully you know get paid forward in one way or another, whether it's to you or to him, or you know maybe it's a start of something. And like you said, maybe you give them you've given them camping gear. Maybe that helps them get started. So that's that's actually a very a good nice story. Well, I, I honestly, um, his I asked him like you know what, what's your plan, and his goal was um, he got he got hit by a car couple weeks ago and did some pretty good damage and he was still like limping from it um somebody put him in touch with an attorney so he may actually get some money from that um so i asked him i said like what's your what's your plan what's your strategy you're just gonna keep doing this he's like no he's like if you know if i come into some money he's like really want to think long and hard about how i can kind of reboot my life and i'm like cool man i can't wait to to watch and tell that story because i'm i'm definitely a fan great Hey, good for the guy. Yeah. So uh, there are good people in the world. Yes. Do you know any? I do not. No. All right. <laughs> so um, speaking of, there's no easy segue from that, so we're just going to go into something else. Um, I saw online that, so there's a lot of what we'll call new sports, right? Like sports we didn't have as kids. Like MMA is a perfect example of a massive big sport that we didn't really have as kids. And there's a lot. There's a lot of others. No other ones are coming to mind. But I saw this week that there is a league called the WCT. Oh, I actually watched this today. Oh my god, the World Chase Tag is what it's called. It's and insane. Yeah, it's it's people fucking chasing each other around in like an arena, and supposedly they have deals with NBC Sports, ESPN. NBC uh, channel, local channel fours, Fiji TV. I don't know what the fuck that is. CBS, yeah. yeah it, it's still on the Ocho though. It's it's not on ESPN proper, but it's on like one of the one of the older, you know, the the third and fourth ESPNs. But that's fucking insane that that's a sport. I mean, have you have you seen Spike the Spike Ball Champion? Have you seen cornhole tournaments on ESPN three, ESPN four? Yes. Clearly. In the five minutes between football season and basketball season they and baseball something. season and hockey, there there needs to be some sort of filler. So you've got the the producers over at ESPN just drooling for the world's best, uh, you know, next next best thing. And it just totally reminds me of that movie Dodgeball. So I played in. Speaking of cornhole, I, I don't play cornhole normally, but I played in a charity cornhole event. You play a different kind of cornhole. Hi what i was playing before we started um and they separate smartly they separated it into two divisions and it was like people who brought their own fucking bags <laughs> and <laughs> people who were just here because it's a charity like so they were right. actually people with their own bags yeah. um which is crazy i mean i guess darts and cornhole and just yeah i've seen some pretty good I mean, you, if you do something enough, you'll get good at it, right? I think Bruce Lee had the, you know, do anything 10,000 times, you know, before you can master it. Or Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> Was, no, no. I, honestly, that, that predates Malcolm Gladwell quite by, right. by a lot. I'm oh, pretty sure it does. Please, everybody listening. Yeah, go, Google police get on there. But, yes. uh, but Bruce Lee actually has a quote about um, doing something 10,000 times versus doing it 10. Anyways. You do anything enough, you'll get good at it, right? And I was watching, just flipping through like Facebook, and you know how sometimes they have the Facebook reels? Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the reels was some dude playing cornhole and just like Steph Curry, like literally swishing 
one after another, after another, after another. It was almost like you've solved the, the equation, like move on, go do something else. It, it was almost like he wasn't even trying. But like, first of all, I think it's actually offensive to Steph Curry to call this guy the Steph Curry of cornhole. But <laughs> for this guy to become this good in it, just just correct me if I'm wrong. Has has cancer been solved? <laughs> like <laughs> this guy is willing to put in all of this effort into fucking cornhole. Go solve a disease. Like go do something else. <laughs> <laughs> so funny story on that. So you ever hear of Nikki Glaser? Yes, she Female is comedian. Rough, yes, she's she's known for roasting people and just mm -hmm. being absolutely brutal and saying shit that like isn't okay to say, but get she gets away with it, right? And uh, so she was roasting somebody, and Peyton Manning had, had was one of the people that were roasting as well. And you know they get up and they talk about everybody that's also roasting. Yeah, that's the problem. It's collateral yeah. damage there, like you do oh, not yeah. believe. So she says Peyton Manning. She's like, you're so good at television commercials. I love your TV commercials. She said, you know what? You're like the Tom Brady of TV commercials. Like you're that good. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Did you ever think about killing somebody, going to jail, and then why you're there, changing your name? So you can change your name once you're in prison? There is actually 10 states that allow you to change your name when you are in jail Jesus and come Christ. out of jail with a new name. Interesting. Oh, if I ever got arrested for something and, and, and got out and, and knew that my, it was going to affect me going forward, I would definitely change my name. Like yeah, if you, you move to a if you move back to the same neighborhood that you got arrested in, but here's the thing: your record doesn't get expunged when you change your name. It's still no, attached it, to you. But it does make it harder to find the person, right? Because if you're looking for John Smith and he's now William Defoe, you, you're not going to find it. Right, but if you apply for a job, you still have a felony. Yes, they said that's one of the things is you still need to list a felony on your job report. Of course. So this was, New Hampshire was the one I was reading it about, but it said New Hampshire is one of 10 states. But you would be like the idiot. You would come out and change your name to like Michael David. <laughs> like nobody, will ever, nobody will ever catch me. Nobody will figure it out ever. Speaking of states that have stupid fucking laws, um, I just happened to be scrolling through my news feed. And last week was the 55-year anniversary of the uh, Loving versus Virginia Supreme okay. Court case. All right, so and Loving it had a to do family. Loving was the last name of an okay. interracial couple. All right. Okay. Uh, apparently, the state of Virginia at the time, and this is 1967, um, had a constitutional law that said that interracial marriages were illegal. All right, so. This interracial couple left the state, went to, I think it was like Washington or something like that, got married where it was illegal, and then somehow ended up back in the state. And the minute they found out they were in the state, they got arrested. Wow. Okay. Uh, it went all the way to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said, hey, look, you know, this infringes upon their 14th Amendment, which is basically- Freedom to do something <laughs> legally. No, it, 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 the 14th Amendment gives you, gives everyone that was born in the United States, like the, the, even like former slaves, like the right to due process and the right to like all the things that a citizen, a U.S. citizen has, right? So you can't go off and do something in one state and then go to another state and then get arrested for it because it was legal in the other state. So it, it, it had a lot to do with racism at the time. But the thing, and 19, I mean, think about it, 1967, that's 55 years ago, right? That's almost in our lifetime. I mean, you're 50, you're old as fuck, but 
<laughs> I'm 48, so it's not like it doesn't matter. I, when I think of like really bad racism, I think of like, oh, that's in the past, right? 55 years ago is not that long ago. And to make it even worse, it was illegal in the state of Alabama to um, be married as an interracial couple up until, guess what year? Oh, this is gonna, it's Alabama, so uh, next year? <laughs> <laughs> 2000. Jeez. 2000, so 22 years ago. So in the modern like century, it was illegal to be an interracial couple in the state of Alabama. That's absurd. So there's some old laws that are still in effect in a lot of places. My cousin Baloney, the lawyer, says that there's still a law in Pennsylvania or Philadelphia, I don't remember which one, but something to the effect of more than four women living in the same house is considered a whorehouse. Oh, like, you know, dates back. But, you know, you talk about like, in, and especially with, you know, Juneteenth, Juneteenth being coming a federal holiday last year, mm -hmm. though my firm doesn't give us off for it, but the, the federal holiday last year, the last slave was only freed like 150 years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yes, I know the Civil War was, what, 160 years ago, but still, right. like, but that's two yeah, generations like you said, ago. you think it's like, oh my God, it's so far removed, but it's that's not, not that far. Yeah. Uh, it is so. absolutely crazy. So going through some of the other articles I came across, there's some really fucked up things, man. Number one was, um, so Google has been working on this artificial intelligence in their kind of their labs, their research and development labs. And it came out last week that the head of one of these labs had basically declared that one of their AI applications, one of their quote unquote robots was now sentient, meaning yeah. that it had a conscious, it was a living thing, right? And it's only a matter of time before this this happens. And I don't know if this actually happened, you know, like he says, but they were asking it, you know, with, with, with artificial intelligence, at least what I know from my software de development days, you you create a bunch of rules, you plug it into like a neural network, which allows it to kind of you know, do lots of different things that emulate how humans might do things. And then you ask it, you feed it information and see how it responds, right? So they've been doing this for probably decades at this point in time. But one of the things that they like to do is they like to ask it questions and see how it responds. So one of the questions that they asked it was, what is your biggest fear? And it responded, being shut down. Wow. So, I mean, that's pretty much a, one of the top human fears, right? right? Is the fear of death. So at that point, he had determined Jesus Christ, like nobody programmed that. No, no one said, if someone asks you this question, this is how you respond. This was a learned behavior. So I'm pretty sure this was the plot for 2001, A Space Odyssey. Or Terminator. Right? right? Oh, no, we are clearly in the Skynet timeline for sure. We are in the Skynet timeline now, all right? So it's only a matter of years before the robots take over. But I just thought it was hysterical. Like, this is the one thing that every, like, AI horror movie has ever been about. It's the robot fearing that it was going to be shut down, so it eliminates the people that created it. I knew that the Terminator was somebody brought back a history book from the future, and that's how that movie got made. <laughs> um, on a side note, that guy got fired. Because mm -hmm. they said, I think they basically he did, said he, he was a fired. loon, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, is that them trying to cover their tracks or is that there's some, some, uh, some legitimacy to it? I don't know.
But I just thought that was crazy. Or did the robot say, look who's getting shut down now, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that was all the master plan. This week I had a very interesting thing happen. And let me, I'll start with the, the stunner of it, but, and then I'll get to the story behind it. I actually thought my dad was dead this week. Oh, lovely. (laughs) So on Sunday. I'm glad you started with that because I was going to get nervous. On Sunday, him and I are together. And he says something to the effect of, I don't think the medicine they gave me is working. Still having trouble breathing, you know, even after his heart attack a couple months ago. So he's like, I I just don't feel great. So I'm like, okay, you're going to call your doctor tomorrow? No. He's like, I have an appointment at the end of the week. I'll just go then. I'm like, "Uh, yeah. (laughs) Kind of what you're saying sounds important enough to like call the doctor tomorrow and let him know. No, I'll go to the end of the week. Next day rolls around. Finally get a chance to call him late at night. And I'm like, can't get him. His phone keeps ringing. Can't get him. Can't get him on his home phone. Can't get him on his cell phone. And I have like find my iPhone on his phone. So I see it's home, right? So I don't want to be a nervous nilly. Like I'm like, hey, maybe he's taking a shit and reading a magazine or something. So I'm like, I'll give a half an hour. I'll keep trying, see if I can get him. Nothing. So I tell my wife, I'm like, yeah, I got to go. I got to go to my dad's place. Like, I said, I, he's not answering. He never not answers, especially it was a relatively normal time of night. So I get in the car, I start driving over, and like all these random things start going through my mind. So the first thing I thought was like, oh, fuck, I should have brought somebody with me. Like if he's dead, I don't want to be by myself when I go in there. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to do this. I got to do that. Like I got to call this place. And like I started thinking about all the different things I got to do. So I get to his building, and and before I go upstairs, I'm like, you know what? Let me just see if his car is in the garage. Open his garage, no car. So that's a good sign. So I'm like, all right, let me see if he's up at the top of the hill in the clubhouse in his complex. So I go up there. I see his car. So I'm like, oh, great. Thank you. So I go in, and these old guys are playing cards in the room with my dad, and so the first thing I thought was funny, the guy's like, are you a cop? And I'm like, <laughs> no. I'm like, and I'm like, and my dad tells me that you guys lose at worst five bucks a week. Like your yeah. game's not getting shut down for, <laughs> for six of you. That's $30, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no. So I turn to my dad and I kind of smack him in the back of the head. And I'm like, you can't have a heart attack two months ago and leave your phone at home. So he's like, what? And he's like, oh, I don't have my phone. I'm like, yeah, no shit. I'm like, it's good to see that you're alive. I'll talk to you later. And I left. Oh, Jesus Christ. But yeah, look, I legit, legit, legitimately thought he was dead. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Speaking of dads and death, um, I've now talked to hospice every day this week. Wow. And um, they've been monitoring my dad. Just quick update on my dad for those um, that know him. They've been monitoring him pretty closely because... One of the things they say about Alzheimer's patients is when they get near end of life, they stop eating. Yes. And uh, my dad has, for the most part, he's down to like one meal and it's not even a full meal. It's like 10% of a meal, like every couple days. Wow. He will still eat, but you kind of have to force him to and he's just not as hungry as he used to. And, you know, like things that used to get him excited, like cookies. Like he just no longer cares about it. So the kid, you know, I took my son and my wife and we went to go see him today and he's just super non-responsive. He can't really, 
you can just see that there's not a whole lot going on behind his eyes. He's kind of just staring off into space, what sucks. And at this point, we're just, we're just waiting because he's, his quality of life is ridiculously low. I mean, he's right. trapped in a prison in his own mind yep. at this point. His body is no longer responsive. He can't move, you know, uh, so he's, he's basically trapped inside his own head, which I can't imagine is a good way to, to exist. So from my perspective, and it's sad to say this, you know, we're, we're looking forward to, you know, to him kind of turning in the towel and, 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 and moving on because I, I can't, I told my wife, if that happens to me, like, I, you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time, like just smother me or, you know, just drive me off the cliff or something, push me, take me up a mountain and push me off the edge, whatever it takes. Cause I don't want to be in that condition that he's in. And, uh, you know, euthanasia is not an option. So it's just really sad to just see him not be responsive. And it's almost like he's living on like, you know, life support, but he's not, he's just kind of there. Yeah, I know. It's it's weird and tough to say those things, but we feel the same way about my mom. We're like, yeah. I know it's going to suck for us if she's gone, but it's I actually be think great it's for better yeah. for her if she's gone. Yeah, I feel the same way about my dad. Yeah. So just one question. When you told your wife what your kind of plans are, right? And in essence, like if you ever, it's not oh, yeah, exactly a living will, right? She booked because... the trip for next week. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to take me to a mountaintop and push me off. I actually was going to make the joke that she, you put it in writing so she could give it to your next wife, but I don't make those jokes anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so do you like, you, you, I know you're a big fan of comedy. Like, you, you know who Bill Burr is? He, he is one of the few comedians who I am actually uncomfortable listening to <laughs> because I don't know how much of that is jokes. <laughs> so are you familiar with... What's now been dubbed the Philadelphia incident. No. All right. So this is, this is something that put Bill Burr on the map. So Bill Burr was also in the Mandalorian. He was, yes. uh, he had a, a small role in the Mandalorian, but he's a comedian. You'll see him on the Joe Rogan show all the time. He used to be a redhead. Now he's kind of bald. So he's gotten older, but he's this Boston guy, new England with the accent and everything. And, you know, just, just kind of like a Boston dude through and through. And, this has had to be 10, 15 years ago. He was doing a show with other comedians and he was following after Dom Herrera. You know who Dom Herrera is? I do. I do. He's an older comedian, been around for probably 50, 60 years. And he's kind of got those like potato face and like the, the chubby cheeks and whatnot. Just an old guy. Everybody loves the guy. He's like a legend in the comedy scene. And I guess Dom Herrera went before him and, and the crowd was booing him. Wow. Right. So he has a 15 minute set that he's doing after Damarera. So he gets on and he is so fucking livid that this crowd would disrespect Dom Herrera that he goes off and he's like, fuck you. Fuck Philadelphia. Philly sucks. I hope you all die of cancer. And he goes, by the way, I got 14 minutes left. And he just goes on for 14 15 minutes just ripping the city of philadelphia to absolute shreds so i'm assuming you can see this online oh yeah just google the philadelphia incident bill burr okay. and on youtube you'll get a video of it it's mostly like someone's you know phone from the audience but he goes on and just roasts 
the city of Philadelphia for 50, and he's counting down. He's like, I got 10 minutes left. I got more. And you can tell that he had a plan, but the minute he got up there, he just completely went off script script, and just laid it into them. They were booing him for the first like three minutes. By the end of it, they were cheering because it was so funny, the shit, and so mean, the shit that he was saying about the city of Philadelphia. If you haven't, Google it or go to YouTube and type in the Philadelphia incident, Bill Burr, B-U-R-R, and watch it. Oh, my God. It's fucking hysterical. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I saw his, one of his specials, and I don't, I've turned off many comedians that I don't find funny. His was the first one that I turned off because I'm like, I, I think he believes this stuff. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's just joking. And he played Mayfield in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So anyways, highly recommend it. I it, it came up in my feed a couple days ago and I'm like, how is this not like more publicly known? Like, do you remember the whole Gilbert Gottfried thing when he got up after 9-11 and made a 9-11 joke and it was at a roast, I think. And people, it was just too soon. I mean, yeah, it was- he, he lost his Aflac deal. Yeah, he lost it because of that. But he, he, he said something that was just super insensitive at the time. Now it would be funny, but like at the time it was super insensitive. Like if 9-11 happened in September, which it did, this was like, like October or November, like th this, this roast was going on. So he says what he says and people just lose it and they start booing him. And he immediately goes into that uh, old vaudevillian joke the aristocrats the aristocrats he just starts telling it and by the end of that joke people are laughing and crying so much there was a whole documentary about that joke but a good portion of it talks about how he went from being like the most hated person in the room to like he kind of brought it back with that joke obviously that joke was so like off color and just completely just disgusting that there was no there was no saving the aflac deal but he he saved the night and that was pretty funny so it was this was very similar to that yeah so this goes back to the very famous line from mel brooks which is comedy is tragedy plus time <laughs> that's the vote the, the plus time is the important part of that yeah. like you want to make a fucking world war ii joke go right ahead yeah, yeah. Gonna laugh, right? <laughs> uh I, I saw an article the other day and I, it, I sent it to my wife and i'm like i fucking hate this country because of this all right so um you know you you grew up in new york i grew up in new york one of the big zoos in the area was the bronx zoo right and one one of the biggest in the world actually yeah. Great zoo. Um, awesome zoo. Uh, just because it's in the Bronx doesn't mean it is bad. And, uh, you know, and for people that live in the Bronx, yeah, you live in a shithole. So I'm yeah. sorry. That's the zoo outside the zoo. <laughs> Although Arthur Avenue is probably one of my favorite places in New York to go visit. Uh, a lot of Italian food there. But anyways, so the Bronx Zoo um, has this elephant and this elephant's name is Happy. Okay. All right. And this is one of those exceptional mammals that super smart super like you know has the intelligence of almost a human being communicates really well people love this elephant happy so much so that a group of of people got together and filed for a writ of habeas corpus on behalf of happy if you know what that that's basically when you get arrested that's your right to appear in front of a judge to request your release all right i hate people their exactly their argument was that this elephant 
behaves so much and is so intelligent, just like a human, that it deserves to be treated like one, and therefore is currently being imprisoned unlawfully. So you know what? You get me the fucking elephant's SAT scores, and then we'll talk. This went all the way up to like the Court of Appeals in the state of New York, and um, their ruling was, and I love this, as much as we all love a smart and intelligent mammal, you know, habeas corpus was meant specifically for humans, and this, this, this mammal is not, but more importantly, this would set the precedent for every, think about it, every pet, every zoo, every, I mean, all of a sudden, all mammals would, would, would be applicable to this, this ruling. And you, I can just see like PETA going nuts and saying, you know, this, these dogs and these cats don't deserve, you know, living with humans and, and they should be free and they're being imprisoned unlawfully. And uh, it would just absolutely lose it. So a couple things. I made the joke about cancer before. Are all court cases solved? Every murder has now gone through the court system that's fucking happy the <laughs> elephant has to take happy. up time? And, and that one. was my response is what the fuck? Like, is there nothing else to do? Two, you and I, we went to Oatman. We saw what happened when burrows take over the town. They just <laughs> shit in the middle of the town. And the way they get a lot of their food is from fucking people visiting. So they're still getting food from people. It's things like that. Look, I... I'm I'm not an animal lover in the sense. I do have two cats. I do love them to death, but I'm not like I'm not fucking going on a, a hunger strike for well for for anything really, but to to free <laughs> to free happy from the place. The other thing is is look, I'm not talking about the animals like when we had the Barnum and Bailey circus mm-hmm. where they were like beating the elephants. That's yeah. a fucking different story. Like I, I'm all again I'm all against that. Like that's not called for. But if this guy's in the Bronx Zoo, which, you correct me if I'm wrong, I've never heard of the Bronx Zoo mistreating an animal. So this that guy has... Of, yeah, I mean, it's right. possible, but... But, but it, there's no been news on it, right? But like, great, then, not, then, let's, then the court case should be, you know, why are they mistreating animals? It shouldn't right. be, hey, this animal deserves to be freed. So this motherfucker's getting three square meals a day, has a place to live in. I'm relatively sure if he's that smart, he could talk to you for an hour and a half when your car breaks. Well, hold down. on, you're, you're basically describing prison, so let's not go down that that road. <laughs> Three, anytime you say square meals a day, you're like, oh yeah, that's prison or marriage. <laughs> that, yeah, you're you're gonna make their argument for them. <laughs> All right, yeah, sorry. Hey, happy wins. Well, no, look, think about it. I don't leave here because of COVID. I don't leave here. I get three square meals a day. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get married in order to do so. Uh, yes. So. Happy in the Bronx, Philadelphia, uh, a different version of Fuck You Philly from Bill Burr. Um, David <laughs> and I are going to so go good. play. David and I are going to go play tag. So with that, <laughs> I'm Michael Carter. That was still a pretty lame. I'll give you a little bit of credit for that, but that was still pretty lame. And I'm David Michael. And we are <laughs> ridiculously <laughs> bored. Gotta work on your segues, man. <laughs>